Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Time Out with DG podcast. I am your host, Daniel Gotera. This is episode 22, where myself, along with Jason Bristol and Matt Musil, we catch up with Ali Khan Bajani and Kelly Eco of The Athletic. Both of those gentlemen cover the Rockets uh, during the season. Ali Khan, if you don't follow him, is fantastic when it comes down to breaking down all sorts of film with the Rockets. And Kelly is also great when it comes to catching up with the players, doing some in-depth features. He just had one on James Harden and his off-season workout plan, which is fantastic. Go check that out. So Ali Khan and Kelly are on this episode of the podcast uh, where we talk more NBA basketball. I know we've talked about that subject a lot here lately, but hey, that's the big one right now on the horizon. Major League Baseball still dealing with all sorts of junk. They can't figure their stuff out, which, by the way, by the way, if we want to really get down to it, it's pretty shameful on their part. I understand that you're trying to get yours and trying to fight for your own money, but hey, there have been 40 million people that have been out of work, and there are a lot of people that are hurting out there. Businesses are just barely getting open. Texas is slowly opening up its economy, which is a good thing. Get people back to work, back into their businesses. But Major League Baseball still fighting over dollars and figures and what players get and what owners, players, I mean, it's a mess. They got to read the room a little bit better. They should be on the field right now. There is no reason why Major League Baseball should not be on the field right now, at least during training camp, spring training. I mean, finish your practices, finish your training to get ready for the start of a season. They haven't even done that. So these guys are still working out on their own. Then they have to get everybody together. They have to devise a new plan. Who knows when we're going to see baseball. Our baseball analyst, Jeremy Booth, thinks that we're going to see baseball at the beginning of August. Maybe it's an 80-game season. Who knows? I, I, They just look terrible. they got to figure that out. And they got to figure it out before the NFL really starts back up. Because once the NFL starts back up, because I feel like they're going to have a really solid plan in place, once they get going, the attention is going to be on that league. And baseball is going to be left on the back burner once again. And that's not going to be good for the league. It's not going to be good for the fan base who have been wanting baseball to come back while they spin their wheels. So it's been very been very sad, actually, to see what baseball is going through. Just get back on the field. Let's play, man. Let's play some games. Go out there. You don't even need fans. Even though you can have fans in Texas, just go out there and play games. That's what we want. Anyway, this episode, that was my soapbox moment about Major League Baseball. Anyway, this episode, as I mentioned, with Ali Khan and Kelly talking about the Rockets, we get into all sorts of details as we build up to the start of training camp in each individual city. 22 teams will be reporting to Orlando in July as part of the NBA restart plan that features eight regular season games and then a playoff format similar to the one that we've seen before. I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be kind of fun. So Kelly and Alicon have their thoughts about that, their thoughts on the Rockets and how they're going to fare heading into it. Just some more details and... We also break down championship odds. We break down all sorts of stuff. It's going to be fun. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation with Kelly and Ali Khan. Have a listen. Kelly, Ali Khan, as we look at this Rockets team right now, how much of their timing will be off when they return to play and how much, how long will it take them for, to get back into the swing of things? Uh, I think naturally for any team, you know, being away from the game for three or four months is going to put anyone's time and rhythm off. And that's why it's important to, you know, stay in shape, do the work you can do at home to get ready to make it easier for when training camp and preseason or preseason comes back. But 
Um, I think it'll take a while just to get in the, in the swing of things because, basically, people have been in off-season mode. Uh, it's been three and a half months since the last NBA game was played, so it might take a while. When it comes to the Rockets, you, they play a system that's very read and react and kind of on the in terms of the offense, like players know where they need to be. And when it comes to spacing and those concepts, I think that's still going to be there. Uh, but it's important in terms of them playing small ball to continue to develop that chemistry. And it's essentially great for them is that they have a brand new team that came in during midseason. Different players, uh, you know, came off the uh, came from trades, came from signings. It gives them a great opportunity to build that chemistry, um, especially the way they want to play, which is faster. Well, the Rockets' success always hinges on whether James Harden is going to show up and show up big in the playoffs. Kelly, you have a little bit of insight to what he's been doing. Um, from the sound of it, it sounds like he's dedicated himself during this time to really come back as a new James Harden. Is that, yeah. is that accurate to say? Yeah, I think um, the most important thing for someone like James Harden and his unique play style is his legs. Um, the workload he puts on himself year after year after year. At times you've seen the playoffs, maybe he got tired or exhausted or didn't have enough endurance. And now you're seeing with the work he's been putting on his body, he says his legs feel the best they have in a very long time which is going to be key in those fourth quarters. It's going to be key in those, you know, overtimes because I, I think this is going to be the year where you might not see the best team, you know, win the championship. It might be who's, who's in shape more. I think it's going to be more of that endurance survival of the fist is what I call it for this, you know, this new uh, Disney World playoffs. Hey, guys, I think that it's going to be critical for James Harden. One of the things we've seen in the past, he kind of loses, he gets distracted at times. In big games, in big series, there will be no distractions. Yes, you'll be in Disney World, but you're living in a bubble. There will be no distractions. You focus in on what you're doing, and I think this will be a plus for the Rockets. When it, when it comes down to the way that they're going to play, it's a veteran team. I think they all know what it takes to be successful. Uh, James and Russ have made it known numerous times when the season was going on that they know this is their one opportunity uh, to be successful. They're going all in on the small ball. So when it comes to the past, I think when it comes to James, he knows that, you know, this is, this is it now. And you're seeing how serious he's taking it in terms of his approaches that he's taken to, you know, add more weight, uh, add more muscle to his core, uh, kind of be able to continue to build those cardio, um, get, get that going as well as we've seen on social media. So I think he's taking it seriously. The team is taking it seriously. You're seeing that from the social media snippets we are seeing. Um, and, and so hopefully uh, that just translates for them uh, on the court. When we look at the odds to win the NBA championship, I think the Rockets, the Rockets have the sixth best odds of winning the championship, according to the sports books. Will they be hurt because they don't play? They're not a very deep team. We'll, you know, we mentioned about the legs and all that. Do you think this, this shorter series now, season, would favor a team like the Clippers who can just run so many guys out, out there rather than a team like the Rockets? Um, yes and no, because the game that you saw with the Clippers and the Rockets, I think, was uh, the middle of March. It really showed the Clippers' depth and the potential they have in a series. Now, the Rockets traditionally play, what, seven to eight guys in the rotation, but there have been some discussions of possibly opening that up to – maybe nine. You know, if, if you have nine guys in a rotation, that gives you, let's say, Air Gordon, uh, Ben McLemore, Jeff Green, or whoever you want to put in there. It gives them an opportunity to kind of mix and match in the series because you're going to have those times where you need Ben shooting. 
going to have times where you're going to need Air Gordon's all-around game. So the, the key of having a deep team is having guys that can do different things at different times. And I think that's one of the positives that they'll have coming into Orlando. And we've seen throughout the season them trying to build that stamina with their four-guard lineup. It's not just about playing small ball. It's about playing smalls um, who allow them to kind of spread the floor and have multiple ball handlers uh, to be able to attack closeouts and get the offense going. And so whenever you have four smalls and multiple guys off the bench like Austin Rivers and Ben McLemore, who can not only shoot the basketball but drive inside and kind of hopefully make some quick passes to the corner, that's really helpful for this offense. So we'll see that if that can, you know, come to fruition for them. I want to use the word asterisk because I feel like around these parts that is a heavy, heavy term. But <laughs> uh, how do you think the champion of this year's NBA season is going to be viewed down the line? Uh, I think obviously there's going to be a tendency to say the COVID cup or whatever you want to call it, but well, I, I like that. I actually <laughs> like that. I, I got it. It's not my, I got it from somewhere. I saw it. So, <laughs> but um, the truth of the matter is, look, this, these are unprecedented times. No one knew, no one could have told you in February that March, April, May, and June, there wouldn't be any basketball. So it's going to take a lot of guts, a lot of glory for whoever wins the championship to actually get there. So I think, while it might not have been the traditional, you know, 82-game playoff, it's still going to be a very hard thing to win, and whoever wins is going to have it truly deserve on under 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 merit. Yeah, I, I agree with Kelly. It's going to be different, but when you look at it the way the NBA kind of formatted, you have the best of the best teams. 16 of the best teams were already in the playoffs, especially in the Western Conference. You have additional teams who can possibly make it. The West is especially loaded. So I don't necessarily think that this is an asterisk year. It's more so whoever – has the best team, should be able to kind of survive and take it. Um, and like Kelly said earlier, you know, sometimes it may come down to may not be the best team, but the best in shape. Um, but mo more times than not, those players tend to be on the best teams. Um, so, you know, it's going to be great to see. I think a lot of fans are going to be excited and rightfully so about the competition. It's going to be really fun in here in Orlando. I think it's going to be great for the Rockets. They have a free flow of the way they run their offense. It's a free flow offense. And they'll be able to adapt to what's going on in this little tournament that's going on. I like that way of thinking. But here's, here's what I'm wondering is how much insight will we get when we hear everything Coach D'Antoni says, everything the players say? Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. What, how about you guys? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I'm excited to see is the player and official interactions because – you know, we, we know the Rockets are guys that can are very clear at um, their frustrations. If, they, if a ref has a bad call or they feel slighted, they're going to make the, the points known. So I'm looking forward to that. How about you, Ali? Well, what, Yeah, whenever you watch Rockets games, it's always interesting to see James Harden kind of talk to the referee sometimes if the call that he doesn't get or whatever. I'm really intrigued about what he's been talking about with those referees. Or Coach D'Antoni, sometimes he gets really angry if they miss a call. I want to hear what Coach D'Antoni has to say to those referees. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Do the players and coaches kind of change the way they talk, uh, knowing that, you know, television might be catching what they're saying? Um, it's going to be cool. I'm really excited to see that. So when it comes to our question of the night, which would you rather hear, fake crowd noise or the players and coaches talking? I think we're all in agreement. We want to hear the players and coaches, right? I yeah, your discretion, your discretion is advised. I'm okay with that label at the front of every single broadcast. I want it as raw as possible. We haven't been seeing sports for months. Please give it to us in the rawest form possible. That, that's what I'm hoping for. I, I don't want fake crowd noise. I listen to a video game. 
Yeah. <laughs> a lot of basketball fans have been playing 2K. I'm pretty sure they're tired of the 2K fan noise. I'm pretty sure they want to hear the players talking. So I agree. I'm all about that, uh, you know, talking with the coaches and the players. Just give me Russell Westbrook on a constant loop and I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> do, you think, do you think coaches will be – Will they? I guess they'll have to be masked, right? And if so, will they mutter something? Will they, I mean, how, how will they be able to mutter something? The ref won't be able to hear them. I mean, that's going to be interesting. They do have to be masked. Are the referees masked? Well, it's interesting you said that because I don't know if, if you keep up with other sports, but I'm, I've been watching some German soccer and – the guys on the sidelines aren't really wearing masks like during the game. Now the people that come, the officials that work around the arena are wearing masks, giving them water and stuff like that. But as far as right. they're, they're not wearing masks. So I don't know how it's going to look out. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested. I know there's no crowd noise. I mean, not crowd is right now, but there's not going to be crowds there making loud noises. Um, but in terms of making signals about the plays or uh, players trying to communicate with each other, what are they going to say? Are they going to use, use more code words? Code What's going to happen in terms of how they're talking about the schemes and the strategies on the court? That's going to be really interesting to see. Baseball signs. Baseball signs on a basketball <laughs> court. I think that's where we should go with this. That would be awesome. <laughs> hey, that's, a, that's, a touch, that's a touchy topic here. It's a touchy subject. <laughs> that's true. Never mind. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. No well, trash fans that. allowed in the arenas. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> exactly. You know what's going to happen? is because everything that's said will be recorded. Every piece of video will be reviewed. So everyone's going to be stealing every hand signal there is well, I mean, from the opposing happens, like, benches. <laughs> that happens normally with scouts, right, the way the scouts are positioned yeah. at the arenas. They send scouts before, the, before they play that specific team to kind of understand Perfect. what they're going to do on the court. So Perfect. that's what I'm saying. I wonder how that's going to change, especially because there's going to be cameras there too. It's not just going to be scouts there, but there are going to be cameras there as well changing the way that teams and players have to approach what play calls are going to make. It's actually a scout's dream, I think. Just There's no no extra, no distractions, just players and talking, seeing what they're doing, different concepts. Because the Rockets have different names for – like any team that's for their, for their pick and rolls. I only know more about this than I do. But they have different names for different concepts, drags, you know, 21 series. They have so many different names, and scouts can hear all of it now. So, who knows? Well, Kelly, you talked about no distractions. Here's the thing that I'm excited about is that the NBA stars are such superstars. They're the best-known athletes in the world, and they're going to be on display, no distractions at all. I think this could be absolutely great NBA basketball. It's really going to be kind of like AAU, where you see just scrimmaging, guys just running up and down the court. You know, who's going to be the best player on that given day? You know, you never know, but... It's going to put guys back in the high school atmosphere, back in the middle school atmosphere, just kicking it, you know, on the, on the court. And Kelly's AAU right, minus the screaming parents on the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, 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 and Kelly's right. Don't get it wrong. A lot of these players were watching the Last Dance documentary, as many of us were uh, during the COVID uh, pandemic. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, does that motivate certain players to act accordingly and have that Jordan instinct um, that was discussed in the documentary? Will that be on display, especially with no fans around? So. I'm eager to see, you know, how the Last Dance documentary has a kind of influenced players or kind of motivated them even more uh, to be successful. Will it, will it be a big deal that there will be no fans in the stands as far as the players are concerned? I, I don't think so. And I, I think Kelly is right. When you look at AAU, you know, sometimes these players play in front of large AAU audience. Um, but in high school, middle school, other games like that, they're used to it. They've played before in, in arenas and games where they haven't had as many fans or no fans at all. 
Uh, Coach D'Antoni has even talked about it in the past. I don't think it's going to be much of a distraction for the players. I think the biggest positive for the Rockets is that if you think about it, a small ball at its base, it's playing free. It's playing fast. And I think when you put guys in that system, even though from February, from the Robert Covington trade till now, there were positives and negatives, like the games that they won, the, the Jazz, the Clippers, I mean, the Jazz, the Celtics, and the negative, the Knicks, the Hornets, stuff like that. Now you're having guys on the court where they can just play fast and free. And that's kind of what they want to do. James wants to play fast. Oh, James wants to play free. Russ wants to play fast. And now you kind of see the meshing of those two concepts. Yeah, I, th- I thought Matt Bullard, we talked to him, I talked to him last week, and I thought he brought up an interesting point that, you know, with no travel, a team that wants to play fast is benefited because you could say, hey, play fast, play, play free, play your own speed, then you can go back to the hotel real close to the arena and then come back the next day. No travel, no jet lag, none of that to deal with. So I, I think he's going to re- really be interesting for every you, team. When you look at it, Dave, that's a great point. Um, sorry. When you look at it, Daniel, it's a great point that when these teams are going to be traveling, if this is an ordinary situation, you have a lot of these teams in the West. You know, you have California, you have, you know, the Portland of the world, you have the Denver's of the world. The Rockets will be playing late in those time zones and traveling back and forth. Now that you're in one place in Orlando, there is no issue with the time zone. There is no issue of the home court advantage. For example, with the Clippers and the Lakers, the Clippers, whenever they had home games, there would be a lot of Lakers fans there too. Now, without fans there, there's no issue in terms of which team has the home court advantage. So that's what I'm excited about it the most. There's going to be no distractions at all. It's just going to be two teams playing against each other, seeing you know who is actually the best. And I don't think intensity will be an issue either because when you think about one of the greatest games ever played, it's that 1992 Dream Team scrimmage that we all hear about, right? There were no fans in the stands, and people are saying that was one of the best basketball games ever played. I, th- I think if you really wanted to rank up the intensity, you would allow guys to call their home fouls. But that might be the only one can. Oh, yes. <laughs> We're going to be there all day. I think we'd be there all day. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you mentioned the dream team, Jason. I remember that was the first time I went into that uh, wide world of sports entertainment center there for athletes was uh, Charles Barkley was on the verge of being assigned with the Rockets. We went to dream team practice, second dream team practice. And the last time I was down there a few years ago with my granddaughter as a cheerleader, that complex is now huge compared to the first time I was there in 96. I mean, it is, it is absolute everything you'd ever want uh, for an athlete because they're going to cater to them anyway. No fans allowed. And I'm sure a lot of people will be down there in Disney World if they ever let – yeah, I guess they're letting them in now, right? But in people July, are going to be opening up, yeah. yeah. Well, Mickey's people got a lot of cash, so he, he can spend a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, they're going to try to be peeking in the 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 windows or whatever the gates, but uh, that's a huge complex. Beautiful. So, what are you two guys? What what is something that we'll be looking forward to seeing most in that first game that the Rockets play? I think the speed. Um, you know, the Rockets this year would. We're one of the league leaders in pace and sort of getting up and down the court. I want to see, are they going to adjust from that slightly? What have they seen on film, you know, in the past three months that has shown the, the good parts and the bad parts of playing fast? You know, obviously, James and Russ play at different speeds, and the staggering system allows um, the Rockets to see bo- both sides of the coin. I want to see how it's going to look for game one, whoever they play first, how's it going to look on the court? No, I, I agree with Kelly there. 
for me, it's going to be about the chemistry they build with the small ball, making sure that guys like Robert Covington feel more comfortable in this system. It's a very easy system to understand. You have P.G. Tucker at the center. You're going to probably have Covington or Daniel House slide over to the five at times as well. But you need to be able to switch effectively, play your offense, be free-flowing, and having the coaches and the players take that time to look at the film to see what they can be, what they can do to get better and be successful is going to be great. This is basically a second training camp for them. And essentially a first for a lot of these players uh, with James Harden and Russell Westbrook, they can continue to build that chemistry as well. So for me, it's going to be about, okay, they're talking about playing faster. They're, they're talking about doing all these different things. Will they be able to execute it against a team like the Lakers who play big um, if that is their first game um, in, in, uh, in Orlando? Uh, for me, I'm going to be looking for the X factor, Eric Gordon. I want to see him on the court game one and see what condition this guy is in. If he's healthy, I think it's going to uh, be a big boost to the confidence of the team and uh, help them hopefully push the way uh, to a potential title. I want to see how this team comes out in those first couple of games because this squad for the last couple of years and, you know, primarily led by, you know, the ups and downs of Harden, is very uh, reactionary. If they come out on fire, if they come out feeling pretty good about themselves and what they've done during training camp, then that bodes really well. Those first games for this Rockets team are huge, and I think that's the, that's the biggest key for them. I want to see the defensive intensity because, you know, when the Rockets aren't playing a good game, Mike D'Antoni always talks about they didn't have the juice or they didn't have the energy, and ultimately that comes down to – how they're doing defensively. So I'm going to be very interested to see defensively. Really, there should be no excuses about whether you have the energy and the juice because you've been off for all this time. So it shouldn't be an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think going back to your point, one thing I'm also looking for is the urgency because you only have eight games. And the Rockets, right now they're six, but they have a chance to get to four, maybe even three. How are you going to handle those that stretch? There are no times for – there's no more team meetings. There's no more time for, you know, slides, any, any bad losses. You have to get your stuff together right now because you have a, a really good chance of getting a higher seed. Although, you know, it's not really about home court advantage because it's a neutral playing side. But it's <laughs> you want to play like, like the matchup wise. So I think that's going to be important. Yeah. You, you know, know, isn't it interesting that uh, Chris Paul was acquired to help, help James get going, help him get going. Okay, that that worked, and of course the hamstring cost the Rockets a potential title. And now, Russ, he not only helps, he's way above. He's he's way, the intensity level is from the start. So guys, yeah. if they aren't ready and if they aren't fired up from the get go, man, it'll be a total disappointment. And I would be shocked too. Well, yeah. the team has adjusted. Uh, to Russell Westbrook really well. There's a, there's a big reason why they traded for Robert Cummings just to maximize the amount that Russell Westbrook can live inside the paint. He has the most paint points in the NBA since the trade occurred. Um, and it's a big reason why. They've kind of spaced everything out there, allowed him to be successful. And for me, like you said, it comes down to that urgency. They have everything they need to be successful. You have James Harden, one of the best one-on-one scorers of all time. He's able to play the way he wants to. He has shooters around him. You have Russell Westbrook, who has all the space in the world to be able to attack off the dribble, get to either part of the rim that he wants to. It's just going to come down to the defensive end. Can they switch effectively? You know they're going to switch on defensively. Will they have the energy? Will they have, you know, the, the, the chemistry to be able to do that effectively? And for me, that all comes down to urgency and energy is all we've talked about today. Kelly Eco, Alec Khan Bajani from The Athletic. Thanks for being with us. 